guys, you're listening to Bento Podcast. We're a podcast series for and by millennials that talks about topics and issues surrounding our generation. And we're bringing you stories of millennials from all over the world and their journey. I'm your host, Ben, and let's get this episode started. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Bento Podcast. And this week, we're talking about the real issue. And this is going to be Bento Podcast's first ever collaborative episode with a line by line podcast from SF and here joining me is a guest that you may have heard before Joshua welcome back Joshua hey Ben thanks for having me again Thank so you. excited for this I know <laughs> this is also my first collaboration with another podcast I know you you like when you came onto the show last time you didn't have your podcast yet and now you're back as a podcaster yeah <laughs> You actually inspired me to start one. <laughs> thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you. All right, well, guys, this week, uh, we're going to discuss something that is very near and dear uh, to the both of us, and that's just racial injustice, you know, something that uh, we both have an opinion about, and this is the real issue, the, what, uh, the topic we're going to talk about today. So before we begin, Josh, I'm going to let you introduce your podcast to my listeners so go ahead mm-hmm. sure so my podcast is called a line by line so that's a l i g n a line by line and i co-host that with a friend of mine her name is jasmine and we both love poetry and just live conversations. So this podcast is really about poetry and live conversations. So in each episode, we both write a couple poems and there's a topic for each episode and we would read our short poem and then it would be just followed by, you know, unscripted, candid conversations about life pertaining to that topic. All right. And we release an episode every two weeks. So yeah, check it out. All right, well, check it out, guys. They are also available in a lot of different platforms like Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts as well. So check out a line by line. All right, Mm -hmm. well, without further ado, let's get this uh, topic started. So racial injustice, this is something that I think the world is no longer a stranger to. We've been seeing racial injustice, I don't know, all the way since the beginning of history. You know, it's something that's super relatable to pretty much everyone on earth these days. But What's concerning and what made me wanted to do this episode and why mm-hmm. I wanted to ask Josh to collab with me is because um, I've been seeing a lot of rise in, in you know, racial uh, issues, especially among uh, Asian Americans, Pacific Islanders, and just pretty much in every minority around the world. So it's not a good time to be a person of color or a person of minority because you know, the amount of harassment or basically uh, injustice that minorities are facing around the world is just increasing day by day, you know? So, you know, Josh, like we're both, uh, we're both Asians and we're both part of that Asian community. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, as part of this community, so, you know, what are your current thoughts on, you know, the current state of racial tension specifically? Yeah, it's it's very unfortunate and it's it's also maddening and it's also sad. Um, I think we've always had this sort of given 
racial injustice towards uh, Asian people in the past. So it's, it's definitely not a new thing, at least in my opinion. But I think with the whole COVID and I think that sort of amplifies the xenophobia towards uh, Asian people, especially East Asian looking people as well. Um, and so, yeah, I'm sure, I don't know what is the situation in Indonesia, but I mean, here in the US, I'm sure you guys have seen it in the news and everything, there's just been a rise on those attacks and you know it happens in major cities that we once thought oh it's safe for people of color for asian american to be here in, in the bigger cities yet it still happens yeah so um yeah i mean like one of the most surprising thing is you know uh going to the united states for a bit because i think this is where all the like I would say the news are coming from mostly, uh, mm. which makes it the most concerning part of it all. I've got a friend in Maryland who basically got physically harassed uh, by an individual when he was going out of the convenience store. Of course, he was uh, Asian and he mm -hmm. got physically harassed for no reason. Mm -hmm. Like he was just walking out of the shop and just get pushed like out of nowhere. So that shocked yeah. me because that happened to someone that I know. And usually it's mm. just people on the news, but this time it's someone that I know. And another friend of mine, you know, in Seattle, uh, he was talking Indonesian with his other friend mm. in the bus. And then someone shouted, hey, speak English, you know, within the bus itself. And so I don't know, for some reason for me personally, you know, it seems like racial tension or racial injustice is coming closer to my, you know, social circle in a sense, which, mm. which is kind of alarming in a sense, because I've never had mm -hmm. that sort of an experience before. What, but, you know, what about your, uh, in example, like in a sense, your community, do you have any, you know, do you face any, uh, any of those in, in SF in San Francisco? I think luckily I haven't had a direct experience towards me, but I, I've, I, I, I mean, I've been seeing it in the news every day. Um, right. There's attacks here and there, assault. Uh, and, you know, I, I was looking at the location of where this happens and it happens in, you know, it's not a sketchy neighborhood in San Francisco. It's a, it's a good neighborhood. It just happens randomly on the street every now and then. Right. Yeah. And like personally for you who's living in SF and, uh, you know, things are happening around your community, like, you know, your places in a, in a sense, like places that you usually frequent to or go to or pass through, mm -hmm. do you actually think that things have actually gotten worse or would you think that this is just a media hype that just overblows it? Oh, I'm sure it's a reality. I'm, I'm very sure. Um, I think another story that uh, I had, this happened in the early 2020. So right when COVID was just getting started, one of my coworkers, she went on a business trip to Paris, to right. Europe, and, and she is a Korean American. Right. And... Yeah, she had a really bad experience in Paris at the time. Like people were just very mean. They're very, uh, 
racist towards her and they would even wouldn't let her in the restaurant for example and seriously yeah i mean or they would seriously sort of like question it or they would give like a very non-pleasant look or she's just walking on the street and people would actually you know sort of steer away from her wait um why I think because people thought, oh, this lady looks like a, you know, East Asian. She's Chinese, and coronavirus came from China. I guess that's what they right, right. they thought at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just knew from that the beginning of last year that you know this is a problem and it will continue to happen for the next few years, and it's definitely very concerning. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, speaking of COVID, like, I think COVID have really brought out the worst out of people, <laughs> especially when we're talking mm-hmm. of, like, racial-wise. Like, you know, I've never seen this big of a divide since, I would say, you know, since the war. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. the days when Japanese-Americans were sent to internment camps back in mm-hmm. you know, the 1940s after Pearl Harbor. Like, I have never seen anything this divisive ever you know personally but Mm -hmm. what about you what Mm -hmm. do you think i think i think it happened before but i think covid has definitely amplified it right and it's getting surfaced a lot more by media by social media and people you know uploading things to social media i think that helps to highlight these racial problems. Right. Um, but I wouldn't say that it wasn't happening, you know, right. pre-COVID. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So, like, this begs the question, you know, like, do you think people are inherently racist and they, they're just showing it now because they've got a valid reason to do so? Or do you mm-hmm. think this is really just people influencing each other and encouraging them to do it? Hmm. I don't think, let's see, I don't think everyone could be labeled as racist. I don't, I, I don't believe that. Right. What I do believe is people don't really understand or I guess they're not consciously being racist a lot of times. You know, there are these like very conscious actions like the assaults that that we mentioned. That was a yep. very deliberate right. action, right? It's a crime. But the on the other side, I feel like there's way more people who who would say they are not a racist, but then in their day-to-day life and when they are confronted by people of color or or just people that they don't normally interact with in terms of religion or or culture or um, language or skin color that they don't grow up in then they would automatically they would unconsciously behave differently and make comments or they would start to distance themselves from these people Right. Because it feels foreign to them. Yeah. What What do you think, I guess? 
and I, I mean, and you, I mean, you also, you studied in Australia, right? You yeah, were in yeah, Australia yeah, for, yeah, yeah. and then you were in China. Okay, here's the thing, though, uh, with Australia, especially with Australia. Australia, for me, has always been a very friendly place in a sense that I've never felt that um, I'm uncomfortable or basically I've never felt threatened in any way. Mm -hmm. But one of the most concerning things that happened was I heard, and this was news that reached all over the world, at least in my social media, this you know reached a lot of places, A student mm -hmm. from a university uh, in the city that I studied in, Melbourne, mm -hmm. was harassing another student who was Asian. And this was in the beginning of last year, right around when COVID started becoming quite relevant and quite, you know, bad. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, it was quite a shock because we're talking about Melbourne, where it's one of the most diverse cities, if not mm. the most, in, you know, the Southern Hemisphere of the world like i would yeah. personally feel like melbourne is one of those country uh cities where i would feel perfectly at home and yet this mm. is happening and especially when this happens in somewhere that you've you know hold near and dear to it really yeah. changes my perspective a bit in the sense like wow okay so i guess this thing can happen pretty mm. much anywhere even when in places where you assume that it would be safe Mm -hmm. But apparently it's not. Mm. And mm -hmm. what about you personally? Because one of the issues that I've uh, that I'm seeing as as someone who's not an American, someone who is seeing things from the outside, a lot of these like perpetrators, in a sense, the people who are doing what they're de what they're doing to the Asian community, in a sense, or whoever is you know perpetrating all these racial offenses, mm -hmm. do you think they are getting? fairly trialed or do you think justice has really been served because a lot of them so far i've seen have been you know getting bails here and there and mm. just like basically going away scot-free but you know what how how do you see it as an american mm. i think when it when when the news gets bigger that's when people actually try to take action right but i 100% sure that there are so many smaller things that happen like the things that happen to your friends you know in seattle in maryland yeah those people are not arrested they're not getting disciplined because of their actions right right of course yet it will yet those things are so harmful not only for that person but just to the community in in general and you know just to the safety of the of the people and i'm sure those people they also have a similar sort of social circle that have a similar views to them and it just trickles you know it, these things will just get even worse if they're not acknowledge if they're not being seen by the larger community right and you know speaking of the community being part of like the asian community being part of the community of color you know we see that a lot of this in a sense racial issues like xenophobia or basically just straight up racism 
mm-hmm. is really harming our community in a lot of ways, like business wise, uh, business wise, or just social wise, or mental health wise. Mm-hmm. So personally, as you know, part of the community of color in America, like, what do you think uh, our community should do to approach this? Yeah, I think we should definitely. First off, I think we should be just a bit more aware of our surroundings, you yeah. know, because that is the current sad situation. Yeah, we just have to be more aware wherever we walk, wherever, whenever we're doing things outside, just being more aware. Um, and I think secondly, we should not be silenced, you know, like we should still try to speak up and when we see things are going wrong or something is happening around us, I think we should try to help. We should try to raise our voice somehow. Right. I know it's not, it's not easy because, you know, whenever let's say you're in a bus and someone is assaulting another person and you're just sitting there, it can be so daunting for you to speak up and to do something about it. Like I, I, I've, I have felt, that way before in the past and so i think just having i guess more courage um to do that uh i think that would be sort of the first step that we can do as a as a community right you know and and i think for some reason and i don't know why but considering that the asian community is more reserved in how we approach things and how conservative we are in our culture yeah. in a sense mm-hmm, exactly we tend to not speak up compared mm-hmm, to say mm-hmm, the black community mm-hmm. you know and also uh the latino community yeah. where they are able to kind of raise their voice more mm-hmm. Asians mm-hmm. don't really raise up their voice yes <laughs> we don't yes, really do that yep that's exactly uh it too i I, I talked about this in my episode two as well in my podcast right. about overcoming racial bias, yep. where I said, yeah, I think we as Asian people in general, as a culture, we're always being told that we should follow the rules. We should just stay quiet and just be in this like transparency almost and just go with the flow just follow what society tells us and don't highlight yourself you know yeah i always hated that yeah i always hated that so much or don't try to speak to the elders because they're always right don't speak to other strangers don't um involve yourself in any kind of protests or don't say the wrong things don't you know there's like so many things that we should just stay quiet and silent yeah and to me that's bullshit (laughs) i hated that so much because i feel like yeah that's not right like we as a society we we deserve to be seen we deserve to not be transparent like our voice deserves to be heard yeah yeah and uh, i can completely relate with that because those are the exact same things my parents told me don't go for a protest Mm. don't say things that you shouldn't you shouldn't say uh leave the big things to the law just follow Mm -hmm, the rules mm -hmm. don't stand out if anyone's fault if uh, everyone's doing something just do that because everyone's doing it Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
I see one of the issues here is that a lot of people don't realize that there is racism happening to the Asian community. I, this is yeah. one of the things that I've always been observing because when I try to like share these sorts of uh, racist issues or just racial issues involving the Asian community, mm. a lot of them would say like, oh, okay, I didn't know that the Asian community is, is facing something like this. I thought like you guys mm-hmm. are like fine the whole time. Like that's the thing. Like nobody has ever raised their voice in anything and to the point where nobody even realized that there is problem you know like if we look at the african-american community they were very vocal throughout i would say decades you know starting all the way from dr martin luther king mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they've been super vocal and people know that there is a problem and it's it's a why it's a worldwide uh, mm-hmm. knowledge it's common knowledge you know that, that mm-hmm. this thing is there and so the awareness is there but for us we don't really have that you yeah know, a sort of a figure Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's why we're not heard. I mean, that's my opinion, at least. Yeah, or at least maybe there are some Asian um, people who try to voice all of these, but it's just not being picked up by the news. It's not being seen as important. Right, right. So it was, it, it, it just got lost, you know? And also just portrayal in media or movies and these things, it, it, it trickles down and it really matters. And it does, because I think, you know, looking at a couple of reports uh, from the American uh, ethnicity report, basically Asians are among one of like, I would say the most like living wise, they're living Mm -hmm. a very good life relatively in the United States compared to mm-hmm. other ethnic groups. Like I think mm. they, they are the highest earning ethnic groups, like mm. minority ethnic groups. So I think people see them as living a good life and they shouldn't have a problem because mm. they have a high income. So yeah. I think that's where it kind of stems off from as well. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I also want to say that not all Asian people are like that, you know, maybe some of the, maybe some of them are true that they're more high paying and they're, they have a good status, quote unquote, in, in society. But there are so many marginalized Asian communities out there, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So like uh, as part of an Asian community in America right now, uh, do you feel safe? to walk out in SF, to just, you know, have a walk, mm-hmm. have a nice morning walk or have a cup of coffee, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you feel safe? I feel safe. In San Francisco, I I think I feel safe. Though, if let's say before this whole thing happened, if I were to scale from one to 10, maybe before it was like, I'm one and I'm okay. And then maybe now I would bump it a little bit to like three for example. So I, I, it just kind of like, it it bumps a little bit up because of all these attacks. And I just feel like I'm being more self-conscious and just being a little bit more self-aware of where I am and who are the people around me. Yep. Um, but I think overall, I still feel safe because I'm in this bubble of San Francisco, you know, which there are a lot of, uh, Asian people here. It's a lot more diverse. Right. But it doesn't mean that it's completely safe, as we can all see in the news. Even in New York, it, 
happens a lot. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in that sense, like uh, being an American and just seeing things from your point of view, what are the efforts that you're seeing being done right now? You know that you think is a step towards the right you know direction. Um, I think in the beginning it was just. You know, it wasn't being broadcasted enough. It was just like neglected a little bit, I would say. Right. Um, I think now people are starting to raise their voice with protests or with the major news media picking it up and just being talked about it. There are articles still still not as big as like the black lives matter movement for example i would love to be able to have sort of that big of a ripple effect that is similar to a black lives matter right, right. to make our voices heard yeah but it hasn't got to that point yet but i think generally we're going towards the right direction in terms of trying to amplify our concerns and our voices right yeah, and uh, I think you know, coming from me, who who's not living in the states and who's not an American, mm. uh, I personally feel that racial injustice is something that mm-hmm. is still a very huge topic, especially in this part of the world, like in the mm. eastern part of the world. It's still something that is quite significant, especially where I'm living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, mm-hmm. If we're seeing things done in the United States, you know, uh, more exposure, this and that. Unfortunately, yeah. I can't say the same for what's happening here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it and mostly tied to religion? I would say or, religion has been a, a pretty big uh, factor towards that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's, it's very, in a sense, divisive in a sense that these sort of constructs, social constructs like uh, ethnicity and religion seem mm-hmm. to put like this invisible barrier between people in mm-hmm, which, mm-hmm. you know, kind of hope that that's not the case, but that's kind of like what the reality that we're seeing right now is that we're mm-hmm. seeing invisible walls being put up by people to kind of form a mini bubble, you know, within mm-hmm. their own sort of a community. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, hopefully one day we don't have to form these bubbles and everyone can just live yeah. together. But I don't know. Do you think is that do you think that's like wishful thinking? Do you think that, that like that's just like a, a kid's dream? Or do you think some, <laughs> that is something that we could actually aspire to become to? I think I think it's still hopeful. I mean, like I, I grew up in Jakarta as well. Right. So right. I, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I went through the 1998 riot for example yeah um both of us here yeah and so looking back from that moment until now we can agree right saying that it's been getting better oh yeah definitely it's been yeah. way better than I yeah it's been way better and so i think 30 years from now i think i'm still hopeful that indonesia as a country will get better in terms of just being more inclusive and just seeing everybody as one, you know, and it exactly. doesn't have to be, there doesn't have to be a barrier in terms of religion or your race. Exactly. Yep. Um, so I do think it's going in the right, right direction though. But how, how about 
your experience when you lived in China? The thing in China that must have is, been interesting too. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> the thing with China is that they they're not racist in a sense that they would verbally abuse mm-hmm. or physically abuse you. Because I think in Asia, we don't have that sort of a culture where we're very open with our minds and would just express it in front of the person we're talking about. Like, we won't say something, right. you know, let's say we don't like that someone, like that one particular, like, hey, like, I don't like you. Like, we don't really say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we tend to be more reserved in how we do things. And I think uh, Japan and China shares a lot of things when it comes to racial issue in a sense that, it, this is what I personally would coin as soft racism. You mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. If if you're in, uh, let's say you're in uh, China or you're in Japan, and let's say you're uh, an African American or you're mm-hmm. basically just you know a black, uh, you know a black man or a black woman sitting mm-hmm. on a train, usually you'd have empty seats on your left and right, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. you want to rent for property, for example, in China or in Japan. Uh, usually when you're a foreigner, regardless of your race, as long as you're mm-hmm. not Japanese, most of the time they would be a bit more reluctant to rent mm-hmm. it to you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in China, what I think is uh, very interesting is that foreigners, regardless of who you are, especially if you're a, a black person or if you're a Caucasian male or a Caucasian female or black male or black female, you'll be like a center of attention among the Chinese, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because uh, they, they don't often see you. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's you got uh, the stairs. Yeah. Not, not exactly stairs, but more like um, they, they're interested. They're curious, you know, mm. mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there's this one yeah. uh, black comedian in Japan, Ike Nawala. He always, this is one of the, the terms that uh, he coined that I really love is like, he thinks that when he's in Japan and he, since he's black, you know, he goes around and people look at him as if he's like a rare Pokemon, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah. we've seen like white people, but, but black guy, you know, like uh, mm-hmm, what kind mm-hmm. of Pokemon is that? Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. that's his, that's his term. And I'm just, you know, referencing it from him. Uh-huh. And I think that's the thing with China and Japan. It's like, I think it's like what you said just now, in a sense that not a lot of people, they're not racist in a sense, you know, like they, they're, they're racist without them knowing it. It's because I think they don't know, mm. you know, they mm-hmm. don't know how to treat people that are different to them. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. There's that, that sort of a line, a boundary where we shouldn't technically pass, but for them, you know, since they're not used to different people and mingling with people that are very, you know, mm-hmm. different with them culturally and just attitude wise, they sometimes would overstep that boundary and mm-hmm. foreigners would sometimes feel a bit uncomfortable because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Personally, yeah. for me, I would feel like that's because they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I then say- how about, how about the fact that, you know, uh, you and me, we look right. like Chinese because our great great grandparents yeah. came yeah. from China to Indonesia. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you were studying there, do the people expect you to be able to speak Chinese fluently, and that they just expect you to be like that? And then when you're not able to 
to do that or because that's not your full identity because you were born in Indonesia, did, did they get disappointed or did they th- throw some remarks toward you that is consider- oh, okay. that can be considered right. racist or something? Right, right, right. Uh, that's a good question. Actually, um, since I can speak Chinese, so mm. uh, when when they saw me and I, I when I speak, they know that I'm not Chinese. They know that I'm not mm. a mainland Chinese because I have a very southern accent when it comes to mm. my Chinese. So you know the Hong Kong kind mm. of Chinese. Mm-hmm. So I have a very thick southern accent, and they know for sure when I speak that I'm not. A mainland Chinese, uh, mm-hmm, and so from mm-hmm. there, they don't treat me as a mainland Chinese. They treat me as they would a normal foreigner because to me, to them, mm-hmm. I'm just another mm-hmm. foreigner. Maybe I have the same features as they are, like facial yeah. features and, and language and culture wise, but uh, inherently, they just tr- uh, treat me as a foreigner. Which um, at first they're very defensive, in a sense that yeah. they would put up a wall. Like mm. uh, they they wouldn't get very close to you. Like I w- not all of them, I would say, but some of them would do that. And mm. I think it's because since you're not Chinese, like you're you're not mainland Chinese, they really have to watch how they act in front of you, mm. in a sense that yeah. they don't want to create the wrong impression or they don't want to like overstep your boundaries or anything. So since these are people that are quite like very educated people that I'm around with in China, so. Mm. They don't want to offend you. Yeah. At the same time, they don't want to risk it as well. So they might as mm. well keep a distance to kind of like, you know what? I'd rather keep my distance here where I'm comfortable yeah. and where I can't really offend you, but I don't really need to know much about you as well. Uh, I see. Right. Yeah. yeah. I Because I, I, I had a lot of that sort of soft racism happen to me when I, when I first came here because it was not San Francisco. I, I was right. in Iowa. Right. Okay. Which is the Midwest. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, there there were so many of of those things, you know. Yeah. Like, um, uh, w- w- what did you like go through? Um. So, you know, the typical sort of, I was just walking on the street, and someone would yell "ni hao." Right. And these are right. not. Sometimes they're. Sometimes they're. You know, they're. They're white people. They're not. Uh, they're not uh, uh, Chinese people, and so. I think again, you know, that's for them. It's it might just be a joke, right? Yeah. But then for me, it was extremely offensive first because I mean I do have that blood of a Chinese blood, but then I did I I don't know how to speak Chinese at all, and right. I also came from Indonesia, and right. so right. it was extremely offensive, and that happened so many times. You know, my five years in Iowa, right. or. I remember one person would say, "Oh, you look very Oriental." <laughs> okay, <All laughs> so right. I'm like Oriental, right? Like I'm an object, you know. Right. And, um, or yeah. I would go to like a Chinese restaurant, for example, and they would expect me to speak Chinese, so they would just start conversing to me with Chinese, and then I said, "Oh, sorry, I don't speak Chinese," and then they would just be sort of disappointed or mad right. about it, you know. I, I think I can really understand that part because when I was in, in Melbourne uh, and Melbourne has a very high Chinese presence right now. And it's, it's quite shocking to be honest with you. And mm. I think for them, it's really 
an exciting part of their day when they met someone who speaks their language. And so when mm. they don't see that, uh, when when they hope for that, and apparently it wasn't, they mm. do get disappointed. But I understand that uh, it's not, you know, we, we really can't expect anyone who looks Chinese to kind of speak Chinese these days. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think it, it's funny because we've always seen this as a, Uh, one race one ethnicity against another but sometimes it can even happen within yeah right like yep. this is yep. this exactly is like an asian against asian not against yeah. like it's asian with asian yeah yeah no exactly and i think that that has to do something as well that that has an impact to our sort of self-identity and just right. like so who are we, you know, like what is <laughs> yeah. our identity? <laughs> right, We're right, just right. always getting sort of these rejections yeah. or questions about our language, our skin color, our being, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Completely understand that. Well, actually there is one question from the listener and mm-hmm. uh, this is something that he wants us to discuss. We still have time. So we'll discuss this for a bit. Mm-hmm. So it says that these days um, you must be politically correct in everything you say. Otherwise, you'll be attacked by basically a lot of different social groups, you know, uh, netizens, socialists, PETA, uh, environmentalists, feminists, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the questions he asked was, despite being having to be politically correct every time, Do you think that the fact that people nowadays get offended by every small act and calling it racist, do you think it's just people trying to take advantage of the situation? Okay, wow. Uh, that's a pretty mm, That's question. a long one. That's a pretty deep. Can question. you repeat the that last question again? Yep. People nowadays get offended by every small act and call it racist. Do you think people are just taking advantage of the situation and making it bigger than it seems? Hmm. I think okay. This is my take on this. Um, it's true that these days people are more sensitive towards "quote unquote" jokes, because if you yeah. look at like uh, just TV sitcoms, we don't see that much jokes anymore. That mm-hmm. you know, whatever was airing, let's say in the early two thousands, we we cannot imagine the same thing yes. said today, right? I yep. mean, we yep. cannot yep. imagine that. So I don't know. Like I think, on a, on one hand, I think people have to loosen up a bit and kind of just like take in the joke and just you know be a good sport. But on the other hand, I also want to like see to what extent can we really stretch this tolerance yeah to like to the borderline where it could we could yeah this is not racist like there there definitely needs uh some more context to the question i think uh because i think it always depends on what are those jokes you know like what are those political statement that you're making yeah um Because I don't, I I personally don't feel like I always have to be right. Like I don't feel like I always have to follow the society or what the political, the main political beliefs are. You know, like I don't mind saying things 
that I think is true to me, but might be against other people and just like saying it, I don't mind that at all as long as I don't feel threatened. You know, I don't feel like my life is being threatened, you know? Um, if they don't agree with me, then it's okay. You know, like I accept yeah. it. It's your view. This is my view. Right, right. Yeah. And I think, yeah, at the end of the day, people just have to really read the context and just not get super sensitive for every single time. You know, like there are, there are in quote unquote jokes and there are quote unquote harassment. So I think it's, it's really up to us to kind of like define which one's which because otherwise you know we would just be throwing around lawsuits to everyone then mm -hmm. yeah 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 and there very is, good question though that's really yeah, very good one <laughs> there's a, a a comment not a question but a comment from a listener it says that it's natural stereotyping happens even within society of a race let alone the world Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. So I think, you mm -hmm. know, what he's trying to say is basically that uh, racism or basically just racial tension is just like nature's law because it happens everywhere, even within the society and, you know, of a, of a single race, you know, let alone the world. Yeah. But, you know, what are your thoughts on that? The fact that he this is, in a sense, normalizing it. I don't know. Mm. What do you think? I think this goes back to what I said earlier, where it is sometimes it's hard to not have those thoughts, especially if you, let's say, you just you grew up in a very small town of 100 people right. and you've been there for almost your whole life and you haven't seen or interacted with a lot of people of color. Yeah. then it's kind of like, it's also not your fault to be, to make those racist comments, for example, right? Right. It is kind of like the, the your upbringing and just your society yeah. that it shaped you to be who you are. Right. Okay. So it's almost like I couldn't also just blame you for it, you know, but I think what we can do and try to do as, as a collective society is just, being more open-minded and want to learn and being more careful about what you say and yeah. yeah just try to be more human just try to be more kind and vulnerable yeah. okay. to other people yeah. Right, right yeah at the end of the day it's, it's all about understanding you know understanding mm -hmm. the other you know the other party uh putting yourself in other people's shoes you know just seeing things from their point of view i think that would really go a long way yeah, I think All so. Right. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Okay, we don't really have any more questions. Uh, well, anyways, uh, we would like to have a closing statement. Right. Okay. So Josh, uh, mm. what are your mm -hmm. advice to people of color or minorities that are facing these challenges? Because we know that there are a lot, and you know, we don't have to go really far. Just within yeah. the U.S. itself, you know, we see that people of color, regardless of any race. Uh, people of minorities, you know, they are facing challenges. What are your advices or maybe any anything yeah. you'd like to say or share with them? I think I've said this before also a little bit, just like, first off, just be brave and still 
be aware of your surroundings and be courageous and just be more careful of the things that you do outside because of the current situation. But also, you know, try to raise your voice a little bit and amplify your voice through whatever thing that you do, through whatever channel that you that you can think of. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's one of your personal passions. For me, for example, I, I've been writing poetry a lot, right? And I've been yeah. attending these virtual open mics to perform my my pieces and I use that as a platform for me to amplify my voice of who I am and the struggles that I'm going through and my identity and so just try to find those niche of uh, things that you do that you are that you can use to tell other people that hey I'm here I'm not transparent like I have an opinion I have a voice and it deserves to be heard so that would be my closing statement okay right how about you uh for me it would be the first things first is let's not try to fight fire with fire because the last thing we would want is a fight Mm -hmm. i think the Mm -hmm. best way to approach this uh for minorities or people of color around the world listening to this if you're facing challenges in whatever you're living try to express those thoughts in a creative way because Mm -hmm. at the Mm -hmm. end of the day a creative Mm -hmm. way leaves an impact and it's just a positive plus for society as a whole and let's try not to fight fire with fire like i said because at the end of the day no one's gonna win uh no one's a victor uh, no one's a victor in a fight and at the end of the day what we want to do is to live together Mm -hmm you know, as friends, we want to live together as one. And we just want to share moments with everyone, you know, like good moments, bad moments, we just want to share them. Yeah, let's just not try to take the bad way out of this. Let's take the good way. Let's take the positive way of trying to solve this. There's always a positive way. And yeah, uh, hopefully, everyone can Mm -hmm. live together, you know, uh, peacefully at the end of the day, because that's, of course, what we all want. And For those of you who are facing challenges, don't give up. There's always a way, a creative way, a good way, a positive way. Just Mm -hmm. don't stop looking for it. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, like written words are more powerful than spoken words. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, with that, shall we close this episode then, Josh? Yeah. Really great conversations. Yeah. Love this. Enjoyed it. Awesome. Awesome one. All right. Well, first of all, thank you, Josh. Thank you for coming on to the show and collabing uh, with Bento Podcast. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate it. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you, guys. Don't forget to follow Align by Line. You can find right. us on Instagram. Exactly. Don't forget, guys. They have their Instagram and then Facebook and Twitter as well. But don't forget to check them out on all major streaming platforms. Align by Line. It's A-L-I-G-N-B-Y-L-I-N-E. I'm going to put this in the episode description below. So just so you want to check them out. If you love poetry, please go check them out. Nice. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. In that sense, thank you guys for sending in those questions as well and comments. And as usual, follow us on our social media at bentopodcast.id. Email us at bentopodcast2020 at gmail.com if you have any comments, uh, questions, or requests. And as usual, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you like this episode. 
And yeah, thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Ben, and I'm signing off and see you next week. Bye-bye.